He said that Jesus Christ has risen And He is the open door How you doing everyone? Welcome to this episode of the Cajun Conservative Show where we talk about life, we talk about liberty, and we talk about the pursuit of happiness and we show the world that us Cajuns do have intelligence. Hope you're having a good day, good week, wherever you're located. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. We should rejoice, we should be glad in it, we should also praise Him in everything we do. Um, <laughs> I, Ladies and gentlemen, busy, 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 busy. I like that though. I like being busy. It keeps me out of trouble. And even that, sometimes I still get in trouble. <laughs> Especially with the politicians. Some of the politicians. Some of them love me to death. Others are like, I just wish that dude would get off the air. But it's all right. It's podcasting. I'm always on here. Even years and years after. You know, uh, people like Bill Cassidy don't like me because, well, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if Bill Cassidy ever heard the show, but. Uh, but if Bill Cassidy probably heard the show, he probably don't like me. Uh, and this week he said President Trump should get out of the presidential race because he's disqualified because he calls the insurrection. Um, this is the same guy that said, hey, the impeach Trump on that charge was unconstitutional, but I'm going to do it anyway. This shows what politicians think, that politicians really don't care about the piece of paper that runs our country. They they try to get around it. What a, my, my brother told me this earlier, the co-host of brothers just searching, um, Anthony Hayes. He, he went out and told me that early. He said, you know, somebody told him years ago, the reason that half of these people are constitutional lawyers is not to honor the constitution is to go around the constitution. And that is a good point. That is a very good point. Uh, somebody just not, you know, they, they're learning something not to honor it, but to get around it. It's, you know, lawyers, you know, why do lawyers go to school? I think there's some people that go to law school just to, you know, to do right and to to honor the law. They, they really want to they really want to help people. But on the a lot of these a lot of these people that go to law school, they go to law school to get around laws or to find loopholes. And it was just funny. Half of the politicians are lawyers. So they're doing what they were taught to do in college. And just, just saying that, you know, hey, go back to this, back to I'm saying some politicians don't like me. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. But uh, thank you for joining the show. If you like the content that we create on the show, I, I appreciate if you would hit the subscribe button or the follow button on the platform you're listening on. If you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit the bell. If you're on Rumble, hit the Rumble button. All this helps out the show here at BGS Media. And it does. It doesn't just help me. It helps brothers just searching and our endeavors to try to make these podcasts grow to where possibly one day we could do this full time, five days a week and bring your show every day. So that, that's that's our goal. That's our goal. And uh, we're just praying that the uh, the Lord would provide and just you. That's also what we would ask you, the listener, if you're a Bible believing Holy Ghost filled Christian uh, to go ahead and pray for us. Pray for us uh, to to exceed and to ex- that God would extend our borders. Uh, prayers are very important. And, you know, this is why I think the Lord told us to pray for our leaders in the Bible. Uh, the, the Bible says pray for the king or in, in our case, pray for the president, the prime minister. If you're listening in another country, uh, pray for him and ask the Lord to to lead them and guide them. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, Isaac, do you think the president is being led by God? No. 
but we still should pray for him because you know the heart of the king is in the lord's hand daniel says and i i think that that's that's what a point we had you know anything could happen a broken clock is right twice a day but we should pray for the king we should pray for the president we should pray for anyone all of our leaders and we should go ahead and uh pray for them so in the third segment today, we're going to have Mr. Wally Avera. He is running for state rep here in Louisiana in District 71. I uh, thought it would be pretty neat to have him on. He commented on one of my videos. That's how I was introduced to Mr. Uh, Wally. And uh, he's going to come on again and talk about his vision for the state of Louisiana. Please stay tuned for that. Uh, got some great questions lined up for Mr. Wally. And uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun on that segment. I uh, can't can't wait to have it stay tuned for that all right so let's go ahead and start talking about the presidential can uh primary debate last night on the republican side ladies and gentlemen uh so right off the jump i'm gonna i'm gonna make a confession right here i didn't get a chance to watch this debate i did get home early enough to watch it but unfortunately because of the heat in here uh, down here in louisiana where i think like today at the time of this recording we're supposed to be reaching 105 so it's very hot and unfortunately we had to stay outside for a long period of time yesterday and trying to do my duties at the church i just felt sick and uh when i got home i took a shower and i went to bed didn't even think about the debate i was thinking about it but I was like, I'm going to read about it. And there were some fireworks that I've read about this morning. Um, thanks to the Daily Wire, they went ahead and put a live tracker on the debate. And I can go ahead and look at some of the highlights that was done last night. But at the same time, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson were having their interview. Now, this was a pre-tape interview. Uh, Tucker Carlson probably does like a lot of us podcasters and social media content creators do. We don't do, we, it's rarely that I do anything live. There's some content creators, they go live every week. And we started doing it on Sunday nights going live while we were editing. And it just, some, sometimes it's hard to get that schedule where you're doing live interviews. So what, but, uh, but some content creators do it. Tucker Carlson, obviously, don't have to do it. Uh, we, like I said, we do it every so often, but it's rare when we do. So this was all pre pre-recorded and ladies and gentlemen, that outcome, I, we didn't see the numbers of the GOP debate yet, but according to some Donald Trump's interview, um, did more than, than the GOP debate. Um, Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson hit 90 million views in three hours. 90 million views. I promise you, the GOP debate did not reach that. Now, I didn't check it this morning. I didn't even go on Tucker's um, profile to see if the numbers have went up. But 90 million in three hours. And I said this on the last podcast. That that would probably be the determination of who's going to be the, pres uh, the presidential nominee for the Republican Party. Why do I say that? Because if there wasn't a lot of people watching the GOP debate and there was more watching Donald Trump's interview, yes, this is Twitter. You, if you stand over a second, it will show as a view. We understand that, but still 90 million people saw or passed over this interview. 90 million that that is that is more let's just say like let's come do some comparison right here 
That is more than President Joe Biden got on election night. Remember, he got 81 million votes, supposedly, in the election. So if you go ahead and say that, well, 81 million is a significant number. Well, this is a significant number. 90 million people saw this interview. Like I said, I promise you, and I, I have not gotten no numbers of the GOP debate. I didn't, I didn't see any, you know what I'm, I didn't, I didn't look at it. I didn't, I didn't go see there's the, uh, the ratings come out yet, but 90 million people probably didn't watch that debate last night. Now there was some on the Democrat side that criticized the Republican candidates. One Democrat, uh, pundit made sure to say that all these candidates on the stage were MAGA candidates. Even Chris Christie, the biggest criticizer of Donald Trump, was a MAGA candidate. Now, ladies and gentlemen, why, why are Democrats comparing all eight, of these, all eight of these people, including Donald Trump, who did an interview with Tucker Carlson, as MAGA? Because that right there shows their whole target for them to win re-election in 2024. It's not on policy. It's not on foreign affairs. It's not on the drug cartels or the, the border crisis. No, it's MAGA. That's what they're going after. See, look, even Chris Christie, let's use Chris Christie for example. Chris Christie is one of the biggest criticizers of Donald Trump. He don't believe Donald Trump should be elected as president. He shouldn't even be near the Oval Office. And the Democrats are saying that all eight of these candidates are MAGA Republicans because they want to run against Donald Trump in 2024. Don't matter who the candidate is. It could be Ron DeSantis. It could be Ron Asami. It could be Nikki Haley. It could, it could be anybody. And they're going to label him as a MAGA extremists because they run they want to run against Donald Trump. They don't want to run against all these other people. They don't want these other people to bring out policies as Ron DeSantis did last night according to a couple of news articles where he brought out his accomplishments in Florida and he also gave some solutions of what would happen. Ron Asami has did the same thing. Nikki Haley, they all had some some solutions last night. Uh Trump was mentioned in the debate, but it wasn't I don't think it was too extreme if he like if he was there. But ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat party don't run and run, don't they don't want to run against these people. They don't want, they can't run on policy. They can't run on, they can't run on, on the economy. They can't run. So they, they, they want to go ahead and run on MAGA Republicans. That's right. Even Chris Christie, the biggest criticizer of Donald Trump is a MAGA Republican. That's all they can run on. They can't run on anything else. They can't, the Biden economics that they're, 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 they're clearly trying to push. They, they can't do that. And the Democrats, like I said, one Democrat pundit said, oh, this is, they're all like MAGA extremists. Uh, even the one that criticized Trump the most. Now, there were some fireworks in this uh, this debate. Nikki Haley and Radasami went ahead, and I'm saying his name right, I hope. If I'm not, comment and tell me, no, go look at it. Uh, anyway, but uh, Radasami um, went ahead, and Nikki Haley had a controversy over uh, foreign policy. Nikki Haley uh, called Ron Asami and said that he don't know nothing about foreign policy, that he wants to go ahead and uh, stop aid to Ukraine. He wants to uh, give Ukraine to Russia. And I saw the clip. This is how I know. And Ron Asami's 
is saying no. He he wants to do foreign policy right. She even said that he wanted to stop our aid with Israel. He wanted to all kind of stuff. Uh, and she got a, uh, a standing ovation over all this. And poor Ron Asami, when he was trying to uh, reply to this, the crowd was so loud, you could hardly hear what he said. But he was like, no, we need to do this right. And this is all coming to the point of President Biden sending aid to Ukraine hand over fist. And look, I, I agree with Ron Asami on this. I don't think, I understand that Ukraine might be the gateway for Russia to try to start a world war, and we need to go ahead and try to stop that. But th there's a problem right here. Th th there's more to that than meets the eye. But especially when you're starting, you're starting to hear the whistleblowers come out that are tied into the Biden administration and say, listen, Ukraine was one of their biggest money makers. And you know, we know that Zelensky probably has something on President Biden because every time Zelensky picks up the phone, money's going through. Then, then there's some speculation that there is money still going to the Bidens with our taxpayer dollars. That is not that would not surprise me if that would come out. Now, a lot of these candidates brought that out. Uh, one of the big things also was border security. Tim Scott flows plan to secure border by defunding key Biden initiative. This is from the Daily Wire. A lot of these articles came from the Daily Wire. Um, nearly all Republican candidates back Pence for his actions on January 6th. Not all of them did, uh, but majority of them did. Uh, let's see. It was Tim Scott. One of them that said that uh, that that Pence was right. Um, McClam, uh, Mac Clamus, I hope I'm saying that name right. There's a lot of people with weird names. <laughs> they probably can't say Bruce or Thibodeau either. Uh, then put the question to Florida Ron DeSantis, who refused to answer by saying Republicans should look forward instead of taking think talking about the past. I agree with that statement. He said that he uh, he would end the weaponization of the federal government and then immediately prevent. Uh, provide to not prevent it to nothing that the 2024 election is not about what happened on January 6th. It, it's about what, who gets sworn in in office in January 20th. The Santa said that he had already answered the question before that Pence did his duty on that day and has no problem with the former president. Uh, Nikki Haley also supported Trump, um, Pence's action, Chris Christie. So a lot of them went ahead and supported Mike Pence and Mike Pence even made some comments concerning the uh january 6th uh let me see if i can find it. i think i put it in here um no I, I didn't put it in but he made some comments saying that that you know he did right and we president trump shouldn't have i can't like i said i can't quote it verbatim but pence defended his stance on january 6th as well uh, like I said, there were some comments about Trump's trials and everything. I don't, in which I'm happy about Trump was not on the stage on that point uh, for them to focus on Trump. You have eight candidates sitting up there. They're all trying to win for president. They get a chance to, to speak in front of a national audience to win over the votes. So they, let's talk about them. Let's not talk about the man that's not on the stage. And that was my fear of the debate and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing from clips. It wasn't about that. They, they, they stuck on policy. They went ahead and stuck on, uh, they, let me see where I can find that article I had earlier. Yeah. They stuck on policy. This is from the daily caller. They stuck on things that, that matter to the American people. 
And that's that's where that's that's what these candidates need to focus on. Will they throw jabs at Trump? Absolutely, because they're trying to win over those people that might be doubting Trump. But it it was, uh, to my knowledge, it was a, a a good debate. Now they did have a lot of bickering and fighting going back and forth with each of the candidates, especially Ranasamy. He um he got attacked on a foreign policy and all that other stuff. There was one commentator I heard earlier that said they're surprised he didn't focus more on the economy. This is a close to being a billionaire and he didn't he didn't talk about the economy which was his his forte as you could say. He he was he was he basically, you know, he knows about that and they didn't bring that up. Um overall, would this debate change anybody's mind? Well, a lot of commentators on Fox News saying that Ron Asami got the upper hand. He won the debate. Um, Nikki Haley had some good points. Uh, Chris Christie, of course, criticized Trump. That was one that did bring it up. So there, there's a lot of um, a lot of things that that happened last night. Now, one of the things that um, that that was a big issue on the debate last night was um, was the raising of the hand. So last night they went ahead and asked. If you would go ahead and support the president of the United States, or not not the president of the United States, the the candidate that would be elected into the office, or I'm trying to say it right, the 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 one that would win the nomination, they they were asked that, and even Chris Christie rose his hand, but like uh, Asa Hutchinson said, no, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna support a candidate that. That what uh that that's been convicted. Now, political did a great article on this, and they brought this out. That it's funny how the RNC wants you to sign this pledge, but if you attack Trump on the campaign trail and say you're never going to support him, but going to sign the pledge, well, it, that isn't that a two face? Well, unfortunately, these are politicians, and politicians lie. I, I've said this before. A lot of people say, well, you hold up Donald Trump to a high standard. Well, Donald Trump was a good president, but even Donald Trump has some skeletons in his closet. And Donald Trump kind of stretched the truth out on a few things that I, I believe was stretched out. Every politician is going to lie. Every politician is going to have their issues. But this RNC pledge that, that a lot of people, like a lot of said, they, they actually raised their hand. I saw the article this morning and a lot of them did. Some of them didn't. So why are you sitting on the stage? If you see this, this was the whole thing about Donald, look, Donald Trump signed a pledge and didn't raise his hand in 2016. That was the first that it happened. I, I, I wasn't on air at the time. I didn't know this until recently that he signed that pledge and then he didn't uh, get on there. Then he went on there and didn't, didn't support. So ladies and gentlemen, okay, that, that, that the RNC needs to look at this. The RNC needs to say, we need to have a better system that if we all these other candidates lose they need to support the republican candidate because see that was one of the problems last time in 2020 you had chris christie you had other politicians running around the country trying you know like well let me step back on chris christie a lot of people are like well didn't chris christie help donald trump with debating and all that stuff yeah, but he wasn't. He Chris Christie ain't the best debater. I'm sorry. They, a lot of people label him as one of the great debaters. No, he's not. Um, but you had uh, besides Chris Christie, you had other people running around and saying that Donald Trump shouldn't be president. You had uh, Fox News criticizing. You had all these people criticizing Donald Trump. And ladies and gentlemen, it, it was unnecessary. What we need to do as a party, and that's the problem with the Republican Party, we don't stick to our guns. 
we don't go ahead and say, listen, if he's the nominee, we need to vote for him. We need to go ahead and stand firm and we need to we need to make sure that our party wins because yeah, Donald Trump might be bad in our eyes or some people's opinions. But Joe Biden is worse. See, that that should have been the whole focus. That should have been the whole focus of the 2020 election. Not that, oh, we need to stop Donald Trump or Donald Trump. There's a lot of people on the left that was fighting Donald Trump not to be president. But when the right does it or Republicans do it, oh, we got to stand on morals. I understand all that. But sometimes you have to pick up the lesser of two evils. And look, we're seeing that that play out right now. A lot of Republicans didn't vote for the lesser of two evils. They just voted for the plain evil because they thought Donald Trump was more evil. Now look at the situation we're in. We're four. We're about to be four years in a presidential uh, administration that has destroyed this nation. Donald Trump built it up, took four years to do it. And within a couple of months, Joe Biden brought it down. And now we're in a, we're in a big mess. This is the this is the worst president in U.S. history. Why? Because some Republicans couldn't hold their nose and vote for a Republican that would pass their agenda and pass their belief system. They went with a Democrat, and look what look what the mess we're in right now. With that being said, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back in a few moments. How you doing, everyone? Isaac here. I'm the Cajun Conservative. And I want to thank Brother Lanny Hayes from Hayes' Dump Truck Service for their generous support of the Cajun Conservative and Brothers Just Searching. Hayes' Dump Truck Service serves the Lafayette and surrounding areas. If you have any job that you need done, like cleanup or hauling material to your job site or your home, we haul limestone, we haul sand, we haul topsoil, any type of material you need. If you're in the Lafayette and surrounding areas, please call Brother Lanny Hayes at 337-852-8043. Remember, Hayes' Dump Truck Service, where Jesus is Lord of the company. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. Remember... Uh, we have a guest on the third segment, Mr. Wally Rivera. He is going to be uh, joining us and talking about his race in District 31. He's running for state rep. Uh, we have a lot of elections coming up uh, in October if you're living in the great state of Louisiana. And we got a lot of guests lined up to the come, um, to come in a few weeks that did not have no opponents. So they qualified here in the state of Louisiana without any uh competition and we're we're planning on having a couple of those guests come in because we know that they're elected or we know that they got the job and now since they have the job we can go ahead and ask them what is your plan going forward and i, I think that would be interesting um that night uh in october we will have uh, I'm, I'm planning on it we will have some live uh content going out like we did for the uh the midterm elections which was a success and um in our part we we had young people we had older folks we had we had a lot of people join in and we were even at a campaign party so we're we're uh, we're working to to get the shows ready to go we're, um I'm, I'm planning on having some guests here in the studio if not in the studio 
outside um, that they're going to be joining us virtually. So we're going to have a good time that night. That night is going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, we, we scheduled some events, uh, some interviews today, and we're going to be planning some more interviews coming up with a lot of uh, politicians that are running or have qualified and didn't have no competition. So we're, we're excited about that. I, I see a bright future here in the state of Louisiana. I do. And uh, we have some good candidates running for governor. I'm hoping we have a, a Republican governor in there. Uh, I, for a while, I was a Jeff Landry supporter, and I still am. I like Jeff, uh, but I'm hearing other candidates, so I'm I'm listening, making sure that my decision's right. Um, I'm not, you know, full blown endorsing uh, a candidate for governor yet, but I want to hear I want to hear from the governor's uh, standpoint. I think, to be honest with you, any one of them would be better than what we have at the Capitol right now in Baton Rouge. And uh, if you can see, you know, if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, I have a Blake Miguez hat on. I've already endorsed Blake on this program because I feel we need a good conservative in there. Blake has shown that he is a conservative. So uh, we're working on that to get Blake in here as well. So we we have a lot of good things rolling uh, out for our state elections. And uh, I'm pro- I was planning on talking about a little bit of that today, but a lot of other stories have come up. So we're going to probably put that on the back burner. Might talk about that next uh, episode. Still waiting to see what's going to happen. All right. So let we just got through talking about debating. And I have a, I have a couple of stories about uh, about Biden here. And we're going to talk about the Maui incident where he went to Maui. And I'm glad he did, but there was a lot of things that happened there. And I want to go ahead and give my two cents to this stories, uh, to the stories that I'm about to talk about. But this one I want to talk about as well, because, you know, we, we had President Donald Trump not show up to the Republican debate. I wish he would have. I, I, I honestly wish he would. Now, it proved him beneficial because Tucker, as we Tucker's interview, as we talked about in the first segment, hit 90 million views at the time of the writing of that article. I, I, I'm not going to go look on X and see if um, they went ahead and got more views since then. I possibly Tucker does a big interview like that. He usually gets a lot of views on social media, but Donald Trump didn't, didn't go ahead and show up for the presidential debate, which he would have, but that's his choice. He, he believes he's winning by a large margin and he thinks, Hey, this is, this is going to be, this is good. For me not to show up because on his standpoint, hey, I won't say something crazy. The Tucker interview, he probably knew all the questions before. He didn't know none of the questions for the debate. All good. So it's showing beneficial for Donald Trump. What gets me is, is that the media is saying that Donald Trump should have showed up. Donald Trump should have brought out his views. All the candidates of the Democrat side did the same, uh, Republican side said the same thing. Oh, he should have showed up. He should have let his voters know what he believes. He should have went ahead and, and, and at least give us something on that debate stage. And Donald Trump's getting criticized. But on the flip side, I noticed that the Democrats and the media isn't criticizing Biden for not showing up on a debate stage. John Kennedy has a uh, John, uh, no, Robert F. Kennedy has asked for a debate with President Joe Biden and Joe Biden and the Democrat Party and the DNC has said no, because they believe that Biden is so way ahead in the polls that it don't pay to have a debate. It don't even, you know, all those people that are voting for Biden don't even have the option to hear another candidate, especially a Kennedy. 
Now, like I said, I wanted Donald Trump up there because Donald Trump is my number two guy. But what if Donald Trump would have said something that switched my vote from Ron DeSantis to Donald Trump? That's what the Biden administration is scared of and the DNC. They're afraid that Robert Kennedy is going to shame Joe Biden on that stage so much that he's not going to want to go ahead, that, that people will not want to go ahead and vote for him. And that is their scare. Well, Isaac, why are you bringing this up? Well, and I made this, I made this prediction. Kellyanne Conway has made this prediction. I didn't even see that until after. I said it would surprise me if Biden would debate a GOP candidate, which is looking more and more like Donald Trump. And it, it, this, this is a big thing to have presidential debates. Well, Donald Trump, in my opinion, didn't do well on the first debate against Biden, but on the second debate, he crushed it out of the ballpark. Well, Biden was shamed that second debate. Now, when asked about if he would debate a potential Donald Trump for president, the Biden administration refused to comment on that. The Biden campaign refused to say whether the president would commit to debating former President Donald Trump. This is the quote. To be honest with you, we haven't really had any substantiated conversations about that yet. The Biden campaign communication director, Michael Taylor, told reporters, according to NBC, Biden is unlikely to debate any Democrat in 2024 cycle. The Democrat nominee, uh, the Democratic nominee, uh, National Convention uh, Committee is not hosting any debates, given that Biden is the incumbent, his challenger, Robert F. Kennedy and Maria Williamson, Williamson have called for president for the president to debate them, but his campaign has not announced any plans to do so. They won't. Why? Because the president, no matter who it is, will not win a debate. Isaac, how dare you say that? Well, unless they give him something that will make him hyper enough to go ahead and get on the debate stage and have his wits about him, He's going to mess up on words. He might trip on a wire. Something. It's, just, it's, 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 it's uh, from past events of me seeing President Joe Biden do, he would probably say something. And you remember, uh, oh man, that event where he says, I only got one word. I'm going to have that hominy. And you're like, well, how you spell that, Mr. President? I can see the closed captioning guy. Like, I have one word. What he said, Joe? It's the president, the president is not a good debater, especially in his current state. So I'm just, I don't see him debating just not Trump, but any other candidate because any other candidate would go ahead and chew him up and spit him out and basically saying for a debate wise, the president, look, the president was a lot more sharper three years ago when he first debated Donald Trump. And you remember there was only two debates. They didn't do three. There were some complications on the technology and COVID and all that stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, I, ju I just don't see President Biden debating anybody because he thinks if President Donald Trump becomes a nominee, I got clear sailings. Nobody's going to vote for him. And we don't know what's going on with the 2024 election. He might even stay in his basement. That's how he beat Trump last time. Because you remember, every time he would go on a campaign uh, stop, say something crazy, Trump's poll numbers will go up. And then they just, hey, because of COVID, stay in the basement. We will make your statements for you. And, and that's they're trying to get a clear ride to the White House once again.
All right. Let's talk about the Maui visit. um, President Joe Biden went ahead and took a trip to Hawaii, and I'm happy. I'm going to start off with that. I thought the president should have went two or three days after the fires. Now, President Biden has said, listen, I didn't want to stop the rescue efforts. Okay, you can agree to some extent of why he maybe lingered. That was his excuse. And if he if that excuse was true, he did right on that point. Isaac, you agreeing with President Biden on that point? Because, look, I, we had the vice president pass through Lafayette, Louisiana, about three years ago. And that was when Mike Pence was there. I was driving my dump truck. I forgot about it. And I didn't know the route. I'm driving through and the cops are telling us to pull over. They were like, hey, get on the side of the road, pull into that convenience store. I'm like, okay. I pulled into the convenience store and you see the motorcade. I have a video of it somewhere in my, on my phone. And I was like, wow, this is real neat. Now I got to see the president, but I had to go on the radio and tell my dispatcher, hey, I, I'm going to be a little late. And they're like, why? We got to run for you. Well, the, the vice president is coming through and they're like, we understand. Wait until it gets passed. So just, and look, that was the vice president. The president is a lot more important. Now I'm not saying the vice president isn't it, but isn't, but it's just, it just goes to the point. Anytime you have a president, vice president, governor, something like that, they basically have to close the road down and they, they got to do preparation with the local authorities and they have to, they have to do all kinds of stuff. So I understand that in my, uh, the, the officials that maybe were looking for people would have to be pulled off to watch the president. I understand all that. But there is a comfort when you see the president of the United States go to a place and says, look, I care for you guys. We're trying to get you the most aid as possible. But there's a problem with that, ladies and gentlemen, because the president of the United States was on the beach having a vacation when these fire, when the fires uh, stopped and they needed somebody over there. President Biden didn't say, look, I'm going to cut my vacation short and I'm going to go over there. And what, but what he did was he, I guess you can give him some credit for that. He has a vacation in Nevada at a secret house where there's no logs, by the way, of seeing who's coming, and who's going. So you wonder about that. He's, he, 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 he cut, he, he took the first day out of his vacation to go to Maui and see the people, but he didn't cut his last vacation, which was only a couple of days before to go over there, which is a topic in itself. What this man's doing on the, all these vacations, um, there was a stat. I think he spends more time on vacation than he does in the white house. He's always at the beach in Delaware. I understand the weekend. Okay. I understand you going to Delaware or going to, uh, um, the, uh, uh, Andrew's base or whatever. The, the, I can't think of the name of the place where they go visit. I understand going there for the weekend It's the weekend. You still have presidential duties. You have to take care of, but being in the country, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. If I had five days in the white house, if I was the president, I would like, Hey, let's go somewhere for the weekend. I'm not against the weekend, but when you have vacation after vacation, after vacation, after vacation, now if this was Donald Trump or George H.W. Bush, or George Bush, or Ronald Reagan, or any name any Republican candidate or president. The media, he's on vacation morning, he is at his job. What? Do we have a president? See what I'm saying? That, that They're not criticizing. Nobody criticizes Biden on vacation. 
But Biden is in, in his Nevada uh, place. When they asked, well, who's visiting the president on this vacation? They said, well, it's tradition that the president don't have visitors log on a private vacation. So we're not going to keep a log. Now, Hunter's there, Bo Biden's widow's there, his grandson or grandchildren, except the one that's illegitimate, of course. Uh, they're, they're, Hunter Biden just being there raises suspicions. But the president, hey, y'all, y'all go ahead without me. I'm going to go to Maui for one day and see what's going on. And ladies and gentlemen, people weren't impressed in Hawaii. All the reports I'm hearing, they were like, well, he's kind of late. He put us on the back burner. Now, if this was Zelensky calling, President Biden probably would have jumped up and took the phone call. Now, there, there, there was a couple of things that happened while he was, uh, while he was there. One uh, made a joke about the hot ground while observing Maui's fire damage. This is according to Fox News. That's right. President Joe Biden goes ahead and walks on the ground. Oh, this is hot ground. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, why, why, look, and this is why I, I, I question this man's mental state. I really do. Who goes to a, a devastating scene like that and walks around and says, who the ground's hot. Now it's clearly, this was a joke. People can't say, well, hold on. The fire was hot. It's been a week and a half. I understand the ground might still be hot because of the sun, but come on. You're walking around, oh, the ground's hot. This man really didn't think where he was at. He didn't think that this might be offensive. He oh, jokes around about the ground being hot. This man does not care nothing about the citizens of Hawaii. To make jokes like that. Oh, Isaac, that's harsh. No, it's not harsh. A president should be compassionate. And look, I'm going to quote Dan Bongino. I heard Dan Bongino earlier in the week say, look, he didn't like too much stuff about President uh, President Bush. But there was one thing about President Bush. He, he cared for the Gold Star families. Not like this president that thinks, well, you know, everything is going. Uh, um, the, 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 uh, uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal was the greatest thing in the world. And he, it was a great success when you had 13 families that are grieving because 13 servicemen died when they didn't need to. But he thinks it's the greatest thing in the whole world. That ain't the only thing he did. Biden making a speech and which is fun. Okay, this is what I don't get. Okay, I'm seeing pictures of President Joe Biden in Hawaii. And he's wearing one of them flower necklaces. I can't, I don't know the, the proper language for it. But he's wearing this and he's walking around with this. Like this was a, like this was a visit for a campaign stop. These people are suffering. People lost their homes while he was on the, on the beach drinking cocktails and eating caviar. People were standing on their beach in the water, uh, trying not to get burnt. But this man is going there and asking for praises. Speaking to the Maui victims, president Joe Biden compared Delhi wildfire to his small kitchen fire. That's right. President Biden on the stand saying me and Jill. We, we had a similar incident. I know what y'all going through because when we were at our home, when I was a Senator, our house caught on fire and I almost lost my cat fluffy. You had losing a cat and losing a family member is totally different. 
Look, I got animals at my house. We got two dogs and two cats. And look, God forbid anything would happen to them. But you know, if there was a fire in my house, I would grab my children before I grab the animals. You're telling, you're telling people that you had a small kitchen fire, which we found out that a lot of the story was exaggerated to, to, to try to emphasize, emphasize with the people to empathize. I said it wrong. Apologize. But they, they, trying, to, trying to connect with these people, I almost lost my cat Fluffy. Really? These people lost their lives. Some people lost family members. People lost everything they had. And you're telling them a story about almost losing your cat at a small kitchen fire? How? This dude does not have no sensitivity whatsoever. None. And I'm sorry. I just, I just, I don't see this man having his wits about him. First talking about how the ground is hot. Well, duh. And making a joke out of it. And then saying that a, he's comparing his small kitchen fire, which he didn't lose his house. Comparing that to thousands upon thousands of people that lost their homes, lost their family members. And now, of course, we on the conservative side is conservative side is cr criticizing this, but not CNN. CNN praises Maui's uh, speech where he compares historical fire to small kitchen fire. That's right. CNN climate report a bill where wire uh, gash over President Biden's remark this week in Maui where he compared the worst fire in U.S. has experienced over a hundred years to a small kitchen fire at his nearly two decades at, at his home nearly two decades ago. Um. The Maui fires earlier this month killed over 100 people and with more than 1,000 still unaccounted for and destroyed nearly 300 structures, according to the state and local offices. President and Dr. Biden spent several hours both over La Lahuna and on the grounds here and meeting with both first responders and victims of this tragic tragedy at big shelters. The war uh, memorial shelter in central Maui, war began. War said... War said that Biden said the right things in many cases when he came to the microphone to give his statement later adding that he did serve as emphasis emphasis in chief and after five days of being mostly silent on issues publicly that's right CNN saying this was the greatest speech in the world this was a speech that 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 that, that ensured the people of Hawaii that that president was there. No, it didn't. There's an article, I believe, from Fox News. Either Fox News, Daily Wire, one of the two. That went talk to victims. And went talk to the people. And they said President Biden was a little too late. They weren't happy with his speech. See, the media is trying to lift him up because they know coming in 2024 that look what he did for Hawaii. He helped Hawaii so much. Oh, he... No. The people on the ground, they know it was a little too late. And this is a blue state, by the way. Hawaii is not the reddest state in the world. It's blue. And they're criticizing the president. Ladies and gentlemen, this president doesn't care about the U.S. citizen. He cares about himself. Because this president would have cared about the people of Hawaii, he would have got off that beach he was in Delaware and would have went over there. 
and then went back. No, he waited till that vacation was over. Then he pushed back another vacation to go over there. This president ain't even in the White House. Who the heck is running the country? Not the man sitting in Nevada right now. With that being said, we're going to be right back after this short break with our guests. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back in a few moments. Cheers and good on you, boys and girls. My name is Scott Ford, and I have a show on Rumble. It's the Scott Ford Show, all one word. The Scott Ford Show, all one word, and it's on Rumble. I'd be very happy if you went ahead and subscribed, like Isaac. I'm a true American-loving patriot. Thank you, Isaac. God bless. Enjoy your life. All right, everybody, welcome back to the third and final segment of the Cajun Conservative Show today. We have a special guest. We got Mr. Willie Avera. Did I say it right? Wally. Wally. Oh, wow. See, I messed up the first name. I was asking about the last name. Mr. Wally Avera, he is with us. He's a candidate for uh, District 71 state rep here in Louisiana. Mr. Willie, how you doing, sir? And welcome to the Cajun Conservative Show. Doing fantastic, Isaac. Good to be here. Uh, and look, I'm sorry about the first name. And you know, we, before we got on air, I made sure. How do you say your your last name? Right, and right. Uh, I, I got that right. I just didn't get the first right. name. It's, it's Wally. So. And I, look, I, my kids love Wally from what Disney. Right. So you best, know, I don't know best, how. Best way to remember it. Best way to remember. But Mr. Wally, how you doing? And uh, I'm doing fantastic, man. You, how the campaign's going? It's busier than I ever thought it would be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a newcomer in this. I've never run for office before. Uh, I've come from working out in the plants 37 years. So this is uh, something new. God's stretching me. And uh, I'm excited about it, though. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Mr. Wiley, you know, why are you running for state rep now? Why Why this year? Why, why you decided yeah. to take that stand of faith and go ahead and run for office? Well, a good question. And it's a few reasons. One um, you know, my daughter-in-law uh, reminded me that I've been telling her for eight or ten years now that I'm, I want to run for political office when I retire uh, from working out at the chemical plants. I retired two and a half years ago. Uh, one month after retiring, I started a company up with my youngest son, her husband, and uh, that took off like crazy. Uh, so I've been really busy at it. Uh, it's kind of up and going now two and a half years in. Um so Buddy Mincy mentioned that he's going to be running for Senate. So that opened up the seat. And my daughter-in-law reminded me that I've always taught my kids that if you gripe without offering a solution, then you're just griping. So she called me out, and it's time for me to offer a solution. Uh, perfect timing. I've retired. Uh, got my son's business started up. And, um, and Buddy decided to run for Senate. So the seat became open. It just all came together. Oh, and they moved the District 71 line to include my house because I was in District 81. So that opened up um, three houses into 71 now. So it's just got a, everything just came together. So so District 71, where is that located? I know that's around somewhere around the Baton Rouge area, but where is where, this, that, where it, is it located? It covers Denham Springs, most of Denham Springs area, and uh, some into Walker, uh, including up Walker High School up toward North Park. So we're up in the Denham to Magnolia Beach Road, uh, south, and then uh, all the way down Highway 16 
uh, way outside of Dennis Springs city limits. So you have a lot of, of again, around the Baton Rouge area, but not in the Baton Rouge area. Is right. your, is your district a lot of conservatives, liberals, how, you know, I went and look at your race yeah. with the secretary of state. And I think all three of y'all that are running in that district is Republican. Yes, all three of us are Republican, and this uh, Lewiston Parish here where we're at uh, is 70, 71% Republican. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, it's a big, big Republican district, uh, and, you know, it's, it's I've been Republican. I grew up here my whole life. I've been here with schools here, public schools, and uh, it's just home. It's home. It's home. And talking about home, so... If you have the, if you're fortunate to get elected into your seat in District 71, what what are your plans going into the legislation or the legislator? Uh, because the reason I'm asking it is, unfortunately, Louisiana is number one at everything bad, and mm. near bottom with everything good. And we have we have a lot of elections here. We have the governor's race. We got the lieutenant governor. We got secretary of state, attorney general. We have. We have a lot of state elections that will drive people to the polls, but uh, unfortunately, if we get that that good old boy system in there, or that hey, scratch my bag, I scratch yours, yeah. Louisiana that that has not worked for Louisiana. So, so what are your goals going into there, Mister Wally? Yeah, well, good. One thing, I'm a political outsider. I'm not connected with any groups or teams or uh, you know, I, I just know people that's been in our parish and been in the office before. Um, and being from the parish here, I know our problems, our issues. I've, I've been, you know, around the good old boy system for, for many years, which is one reason I didn't want to run for public office for our parish. <laughs> I wanted to run for state. Figure it might smooth out some of that, but, but it, it's not. It's still there. You see it. You almost think you're in high school sometimes when you see the the groups and the cliques and stuff. But look, I, I'm friends with everybody. I, I let several of them know that, um, and that they'd ask me, I said, I do not have a person that I dislike at all. I may dislike policies. They dislike ways of doing things. You know, it's the right way and, and the wrong way of doing it. The, the, and then what you do. Um, so we may disagree on some of those things, but I do not dislike a soul in this world at all. So my goal is to make some changes, make some differences. I have a lot of uh, ideas, one of which is going to be first time ever mentioned publicly. Uh, it's going to be right here on your show. Um, and that is going to be a hard one to get past, I've been told, but it's something that needs to be done. It's a TOPS program we have in Louisiana. It's a very good program, but I'm more of an innovator instead of an inventor. I see an idea and I find ways to make it better. And with tops, we're we're sending you know our, our kids are growing up. Both my boys are grown and married now, but we're telling them you need to go to college. You need to go to college. You need to get education. And and kids get out of school and they just go for something. They take general studies degrees. They take degrees that's not going to get them a job here in Louisiana. So then they move out of state. So we're losing our college graduates that we paid for, sponsored them to go to school, and and that's great. But we need to retain some of those guys. So one of my big plans is to work with the groups and get tops to look at our state, what professions are needed right now. Put out a list. We need not only just four-year degrees, but we need vocational schools and technical school degrees. We need people, paramedics. My wife's a paramedic over 20 years now. 
and uh, they need paramedics bad. Yep. Uh, nurses, we have we have a very big shortage of nurses. You know, plumbers or air conditioning people. We need air conditioning people right now, especially yeah. as hot as it's been. Um, but those professions that we need right here in Louisiana and try to find a way where tops can give uh, incentivize those guys to go to things that we need to fill positions for right here in Louisiana. So one, it's going to give them some ideas of what they might want to do when they go to college uh, or trade school. And secondly, when they get out, they're going to actually have a job available right here because it's professions that are needed right here in Louisiana. Well, and going continue on with tops though, you know, cause we don't have a, we have a, a educational problem here in the state of Louisiana. I'm not against that, you know, with, with that part of tops, it's just, our state has offered that so much. And like you said, it's more on the lines because I believe my little sister used tops and she's a paramedic and she's a police officer here in the state of Louisiana. And yeah. it just tops. It, it's good to offer that. But on the other flip side of it, if our economy isn't good, if our, if our, if our way of life isn't good, because sure. it, it, they look insurance, we're, we're, high, we're one of the highest paid insurance states in the nation. And Absolutely. do you think that plays a role? Yeah, we're going to use tops for Louisiana, but we just don't want to spend. We don't want to have the expense that Louisiana has. That's why they're leaving as well. That's definitely a part of it. You know, I've got um, I was told by my dad years ago. I mean, I worked in a chemical plant that uh, if we can't make it in Louisiana. You can't make it. There's there's jobs here. There's opportunities here. We're just pushing them out of the state. Uh, by what our tax regulations, our tax laws, uh, re regulating small businesses to death. Uh, it, we don't make it an incentive for business to want to come here in Louisiana and do business. Uh, so we have to fix that. We have to change our, our way of thinking. <clears throat> we have to change our, our, you know, we have to look at how can we lure insurance companies back here in Louisiana and, and even get the prices down because as you get more insurance companies here, competition is going to help to drive some of those prices down, but we have to also work on, um, you know, getting some of these lawyers and uh, judges to start throwing out cases that are not legitimate cases. Yeah. And it, there's a lot, lot. And, and that's, that's the, you know, cause tops, tops is a good program. I agree with you on that. It's just, if you, you know, you can have that appealing to the students where they stay here and come to school, but if they don't have an appeal to stay here after that, right. cause look, I have friends, unfortunately that moved to Texas. And when we yeah. talked to them, he was going there for school or whatever. And he told me, he said, well, we're probably going to come back after last time I talked to him. He said, we're not coming back. Texas is yeah. Texas don't have high insurance. They, you know, they have a good way of living. Their prices are low. And we know that's because of a conservative governor there. Sure. And, and hope, hopefully going forward, we have one coming up in this next election. Yeah, absolutely. man. that's going to help a lot. I believe we'll get a lot more done comes next after the next election uh, but i believe we'll have a, a conservative governor and i believe we'll be able to push through a lot of these bills that need to be that was brought up and tried to push through this last time and they were just thrown out or not even allowed to come out on the floor and discuss them so we'll have um, you know there's going to be a lot of new opportunities a lot of new faces um with that i believe tops is a really good program i believe we can fix it or, or help make it better but um same thing we have to get good jobs here we have to get our taxes we need uh we need to work on our tax uh re restructuring our taxes uh, we've got to 
terrible tax system. Our income tax is outraised, and then our property taxes on top of that uh, are steady going up. So um, I have an idea for that as well, and that's going to be very interesting to pass because they just recently had some changes in our homestead exemption uh, program that's going still going into place over the next couple of years, been phased in. But look, I did the research, and I remember when homestead exemption was brought in as, as uh, we used to not have to pay taxes on your homestead at all. In 1980, they made it $75,000 and above, or over 75000 you had to pay property taxes on your homes. And I remember my parents thinking then, you know, man, that's, that's for rich people's houses. You know, <laughs> our house is $38,000 then brand new. So $75,000, that was rich people's houses, you know, so only the rich are going to be paying that. Well, here we are, you know, 43 years later, and um, and it's still $75,000. Wow. So uh, adjusted to today's inflation rates, that would be over uh, 200 and um, I think it was around 238, $248,000 yeah. on inflation. So, um, but I'm not thinking we're just going to go in there and gut the thing and then put our state in the bind either. I would like to start off with us taking care of our seniors, those that are on Social Security and they have fixed incomes. I'm hearing from them all the time. Fixed incomes, their medical expenses are higher now than they've ever been before. Their income is most of the time lower now than it's ever been before and, and fixed. So they're having to make choices between paying for their medications or paying for their property taxes. And that's just ridiculous that an elderly person has to worry about possibly losing their home if they don't pay their property taxes because of the way it's set up. So I would like to try to get those people some relief first. We need to work on our senior group that are on Social Security, fixed income, high medical expenses, and see if we can increase that to you know, $250,000 or less uh, wouldn't be paying property taxes for our senior citizens. And that would help them out a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things in Louisiana that, that especially with the seniors, citizens, they, they paid into this. They weren't planning inflation to go up as it did. And we know that's a national issue. But right. unfortunately, our governor is on the same lines as Joe Biden. Anybody can tell me, oh, that's not true. Oh, no, he's on the same lines as Joe Biden. And yeah. because of his leadership in the state, we, we're not doing well. And yeah. we're not holding this inflation crisis right. We're not holding the oil crisis right. It, it, it's just a lot going on. And as legislators, y'all going to go ahead and hopefully fix that up. And you have some good ideas on that. And on that note, I wanted to ask you a question because you'll be one, I think, like 175 or something like that. It's just, there's a lot of uh, a lot of y'all guys are going to, a lot of ladies and gentlemen that's going to be in this uh, representative spot with you. How do you go ahead as a newcomer, if you would win, how would you go ahead and get there and implement these ideas and get people on your side? Yeah. Well, the good thing is, you know, working out in the plants for 37 years, the last plant I worked at was in Geismer's 29 years. I worked at that same plant, worked my way up and uh, I worked with between engineers and operations. You know, engineers has a, a calculated the way the process is supposed to work. And operations has a way that it's actually working and you got to get in between. I was on a, I had critical equipment and product quality control with uh, gas spectrometers and mass spectrometer analyzers. So you had to work between those groups of people and help them to see, you know, 
how what the process was actually doing and why your analyzers were right. You had to convince them it was right. And then you had to convince them that we need to make a change. If you want the product to be higher quality, then we have to make a change. And so I've worked with those types of scenarios for 29 years at the last plant I was at. Um, and I spoke with some people that's been in politics for a long time, almost as old as I am. And uh, they said that's the exact kind of um, experience we need because the same thing, you're working with groups of people, you're coming in and figuring out a solution, you're working together, it's not gonna be the left or the right, but it's, we gotta work together and make this thing uh, function properly. So I'm willing to work with, you know, across the board. Uh, I will not uh, back down from my moral compass. It is set and um, that's where it's gonna stay. But if it's things that's outside of that moral compass, then we're gonna make the best decisions. We're gonna work with groups of people um, Representative Valerie Hodges, I'm good friends with her. Uh, Representative Buddy Mincy, I went to school with him. I'm friends with him. We talk quite often. Um, Jay Rogers Pope, that was a senator. Um, I speak with him. He was my principal in junior high, actually. Wow. Uh, so, so, and then Barry Ivy over in Central Area, uh, I knew him since he was a knee high to a grasshopper. So, um, those guys that I knew that's been in the state representative seat for Term, they're terming out now. So they've been there. They have the experience. They have a lot of good information. So I, I'm not afraid to phone a friend. I don't uh, I don't profess to know everything, but I can learn everything. And I sit around people that do know things. So I don't mind phoning a friend and find out exactly what our issues are, what some solutions, and uh, listen to people. That's the biggest thing is just listening. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We're supposed to listen more than we speak. Right, so, right. Um, that, that's my goal is to get in there, listen to the people, listen to, you know, you're going to have the industries that's going to have their people there talking and, and wanting their things. You just got to make it work out, make it best for everybody. And so I'm, I'm good at making decisions like that. So you, you mentioned your moral compass. If you don't mind yes. me asking, where, how do you base your moral compass? Well, it's based on the Bible. Hey, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a born-again believer. Uh, my wife and I got married, believe it or not, one month after high school. Wow. So uh, she went She went to Walker. I went to Denham, and she was not uh, with child either. So it was just, Amen. We was, we was raised up in here, and but we weren't Christians. So we lived two years together, and uh, on the brink of divorce, we found the Lord. Amen. Uh, we both ended up getting saved the same evening, at the same service. And uh, from then on, I knew that we had to make a difference in this world. So I became a youth director at a little small church that I was going to there. And uh, we moved around. We rode with Christian Motorcyclist Association coast to coast for seven years. Uh, we ministered with that group of people serving the communities. Uh, you know, you're around all different types of people. and We don't judge. We're just there to help. Uh, I like the saying that, uh, you know, we preach the gospel wherever we go and use words if necessary. Right. Uh, so we served people. We've, I've, we've been serving people. My wife and I have been married 37 years, so 35 years. We've been serving our community, serving people. We go on mission trips, uh, been to Cuba several times. We believe in the gospel and the word of, of God, and it's, it's our moral compass. It doesn't change. Uh, the world may change around us, but it does not. It, it lets us it's a plumb bar. It lets us know where we're at and, and where we're falling short. Amen, amen. I, I like I like hearing that. And, and I, I got at least two more questions before our time runs out. Okay. On that point of 
And I know qualifying's over now, sure. but this is for future references. I'm a Bible believing Christian. Uh, I believe Christians should be involved in politics. I believe if you're called to be a politician as a Christian, you should get in, in there. Have you had any Christians say, well, why are you jumping into political office? You should just worry about the spiritual side of things, not worried about that side of, because all politicians are corrupt and evil and all, and they don't want sure, you to change. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've heard it all. Uh, I've even had, I was invited to um, speak at the local libertarian groups meeting and uh, absolutely I'll be there. And, you know, a lot of my friends are, why, why are you going to their meeting? Well, they're part of our district too. Right. You know, they're still people. And, um, you know, we was able to talk a lot about a few things and then we knew where we was going to disagree and, and just by God's grace, none of those questions even came up. <laughs> uh, but the ones we, that did come up, some of it we talked about and they had some really good ideas. So I'm, I'm not opposed to listening to anybody. Uh, my wife and I, have talked at church with raised two boys. One uh, became uh, in the Marines for five years. Now his wife is in the Air Force. Uh, the son I have a business with. We've taught our kids that you listen to everybody. Someone sees something from a different perspective as you do. They can lend some information that you can't see. So uh, that's the way we live. You know, we listen to people, respect people, no matter who they are. Um, and we was told, you know, you don't, you don't need to get involved with that you know if it didn't uh directly bring bring in honor and glory to god then you don't know don't need to be involved in it well if us christians aren't involved in it who's left come on the other side right yeah yep. so we, we we have to be involved. it's our duty it's our responsibility to be involved uh and not become corrupt um so i'm in this to to win it and uh to represent our people i'm not in it for any personal gain of course i think every politician says that but you can ask anyone that knows me. I don't need a thing. I'm giving up a lot for this. I'm retired. I can sit on the riverbank and, and fish at the camp, you know. But this is something I believe God's called me to. And look, I put it like this. Either I win or I get elected. One or the other. Because I feel like I've already won. Right. I've already, I've got to speak at a Memorial Day service for the BFW Hall. I've got to meet people that I would never had a chance to meet before. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be out and about talking to people, ministering to people, and not expecting anything back in return. Just do what we're supposed to do. We do what the Great Commission says, go out and win the loss. That's right. And use words if necessary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So one more question before we wrap it up. We got a couple of more minutes left. And uh, this is something I've been hearing a lot lately. And I've been thinking because we have a crowded field of Republicans for the governor's race. And we have a crowd of field. We have uh, attorney general and all this stuff. As a, and you, you would be involved with this if you're elected. Do you believe we should have closed primaries going forward? Because uh, this is what my fear is going into this election. We know we have Jeff. We, he, Jeff is leading the polls. We have Wags. We have a few others that are behind him. I had the honor of meeting Mr. Wags back a couple of weeks ago, and great guy you know all these almost all these men and women that are running are great but it, it, there's a there's a possibility of having another eddie responi and ralph abraham and then david vitter scott O'Jell, jeff uh, and jay darden and all this and then we have another democrat step in and it don't matter if we have a legislation that is full of republicans right so as a legislator if they would pass legislation and say listen we want to do close primaries 
so we don't have this again. Would you go ahead yeah. and be in favor for that? I agree 100. percent That's 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 what we need because then you narrow it down to one Republican and one Democrat, or or, or the Republican wins. Um, we, a lot of times we get people in there and then it starts splitting up all the votes. You know, especially when you have a lot of Republicans running, you start splitting all the votes up. But it's easy for a Democrat to step in and uh, all of a sudden he carries um, majority votes and wins. And we don't want that. Um, so I think closed primaries, let the Republicans, especially when you have this many, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a lot of people running for it. Uh, I, I fear that it's going to uh, deduct from, from those that need to be uh, in there. You just, a lot of other people, their friends and family is going to be voting for them. And, you know, they're going to have a certain amount of pull regardless. So you're, you're taking those votes away from somebody that could uh, some, could do a good job. So if we had closed primaries and then narrow it down to your Republican candidate, I think that would be most beneficial for all of us. And what's, what's funny, Mr. Wiley, is is this is a uh, <laughs> it's like, like Hunter Lundy. OK, I met Mr. Hunter Lundy, too, at an event. Hunter Lundy's an independent. I'm not. You, look, uh, to my knowledge, he's the only independent running for that side. Sorry, you have Sean Wilson running against one other person, but we don't even know that person's name. Mm -hmm. But but you you see the Democrat Party go behind Sean Wilson. It's just the Republican Party that just they they can't say, look, this is our person. And I think that's what the L.A. GOP was trying to do with Jeff and. It, the last election they got slammed because they didn't endorse somebody into the runoff and now right. they endorse somebody way ahead or oh, they getting slammed because they didn't look at all the candidates yeah yeah no i i think i think you hit the nail on the head we need to have closed primaries and that way we can narrow it down to a republican that's gonna run and and the and the go win and that'll be it and, and unfortunately, all the mudslinging has just started. So, so. And look, I've had good good uh, feedback from a lot of people. Our race for the state representative so far has been absolutely zero mudslinging. That's good. We've all met. We've talked to each other. And everybody that I've talked to says, man, y'all got to be running the cleanest race I've ever seen up to this point. And uh, look, I've told them straight up, I'm not ever going to put down on someone else to make myself look better. That's just not in me. I'll speak for what I can do and what I intend to do. And if that wins, fantastic. If it doesn't, I'm okay with that. And uh, that sounds like our state rep race here. Unfortunately, one of the candidates had to drop out before qualifying. But, and, and, and Mr. Chad Boyer is our representative elect because nobody ran against him on the last day of qualifying. But before that, and I talked to both of them, great guys, Jason Dozero and Chad Boyer. And I asked them and say, are you going to do any muslinging? And both of them gave us the exact same answer you gave. They said, why? We're right. both, first off, we're both Republicans and they're both, uh, they're both supposed to be brothers in Christ. So, you yeah. know, it, it's, it, it, why, what's the purpose of that? You're doing it. You know, I wouldn't go talk about a bad person bad in an interview, but this no. is what the Republicans do. They, 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 they muslin. And makes the other person look bad, thinking they're going to look good. Yeah, and people really, I'm I'm hearing feedback from a lot of people. They do not like that. The the constituents do not like it, regardless of what they think. The politicians think the constituents do not like it when it starts happening. They uh, you have them both. They they start shying away from the person that's slinging the mud. Uh, they don't want someone that's going to represent them that's going to act like that. It's time we respect each other. We need to bring bring respect back into our politics, into our jobs, yep. into our lives. 
need to respect everybody, no matter what they believe or how they believe. And all three of us are Republicans, and we all believe pretty close to the same thing. And it's just a matter what's your method of getting to that? You know, what are you going to do to do it? So I've been able to go to a lot of these meetings with the Republican groups in our parish and, um, and share, and I'm getting a lot of good feedback. People like what I'm saying, you know, the way I plan on going about getting some things done. So um, unfortunately, don't have a lot of time to be able to cover all that, but yeah. you can get on my Facebook page and website, keep up with us. A lot of things are fixing to start happening. It's getting close. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's getting close, and we uh, we already got our plans for our election night. So you know, we might be we might be shooting you a text on election night and tell us the outcome. So you know, if you can get on the computer or on the phone, come come talk to us that night. I I can't Absolutely. wait. I, I'm weird. Okay, my wife says I'm weird because I because I, you said earlier you you were you were a youth director. I'm a, I'm currently a youth director at our mm-hmm. church, and. Um, I do that on the side, but this, this is one of my passions. The Lord called me to tell the truth and expose the lies. That's what the Lord told me. And, uh, I'm weird on election night. I think that's, that's like Super Bowl night for me. (laughs) That's like Super Bowl night. You know, it's, it's awesome. I'm I'm just enjoying the process. Um, you know, I I feel like I win either way, but I do have a lot of good ideas and I want to get out there and look, I'm retired. I have all the time in the world to spin and apply toward this. So when they, they get, they like me, they're not getting a part-time representative. They're getting a full-time representative. My doors will always be open. My phones, I get phone calls now asking me for help on things. I'm like I'm not even elected yet, but I'll make some phone calls. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then, then you have a crazy Cajun conservative out of South Louisiana calling hey, you. Hey, and, literally, that's, that's, and that's a story by itself too, though, because I, I posted, I think it was a, 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 a a Facebook reel and you went ahead and comment on it. And that's how we met. Yes. 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 I, um, I forget which one it was, but I'm, I'm constantly watching you guys. I like to hear, you know, what's, what's going on. Uh, because I am a Christian. I like to hear good positive news. So I hear a lot of good news from you guys. So I like to hear it. And, um, and, and I end up making a few comments there and then you reached out to me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and speak with you. And I hope we get to do it a little more. Oh yeah, hey, my mic's always open for you. You can always give me a call. So that's why awesome. I, I told I told another politician that the other day. Met me at the Waffle House. I said, "When when we gonna have you on the sh- when you gonna be on when we gonna be on the show?" I said, "Call me." I said, "I ain't that big yet." <laughs> yeah. that's but, it. but Mr. Hey, Wiley, before same. we before we roll out, tell where tell where people can find you uh, your information for your campaign sure. if they want to volunteer or if they want to donate to your campaign to help you out. Uh, they believe in your uh, your cause. Absolutely. And we're still ramping up. I have a um, Wally, W-A-L-L-E-Y, Avara, A-V-A-R-A.com. Uh, that currently forward straight to my Facebook page. Um, that's our biggest thing right now. Uh, we're fixing, working on a web page and a few other things that's fixing to take place. Um, I believe in doing more with less. So we're trying to spend uh, God's money very wisely. I'm not just going to go blow money. I'm mostly financing my own campaign. Um, so this is something my wife gave me permission to do. Uh, she let us spend some of our savings on this and this is, this is what's going to happen. So yeah, wallyavera.com keep up with us. We're going to be posting things on there, videos, uh, lots of, uh, interviewing things going on. Um, and I'm, I'm all around Denham Springs. So you'll see my truck holler at me. I get people all the time, holler, blowing horns. Hey, give me a sign. You know, I'll pull over the parking lot. I get you one. So, um, yeah, we're out there. We're enjoying it. It's a fun time. 
And this interview will also be on YouTube and Rumble, so we'll get you the link for that. You can put that on your Facebook page, and we can get awesome. that word out. Because look, I, 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 I love I love talking to politicians that that love the Lord, and, and yeah. that, that I think that's what we need in the capital is more God fearing people in that place. Yeah. Well, so. because we're gonna have that moral compass, and uh, and and look, it's ain't my first time to be a servant. I've served for a long time. Just we never put pictures of it online because it wasn't something we did for pictures. It right. wasn't something we did for us. Uh, you have a lot of pictures out there, other people serving and doing things. And I'm looking around I'm like, we don't have pictures <laughs> because we didn't do it for pictures. You know, we just did it because that's what we're supposed to do. But you do in secret. God will reward you openly. That's what the Bible Absolutely. says. So Mr. Wally, thank you for coming on. We can't wait to do it again. Thank you for having me, Isaac. I appreciate it. All right, everybody, go check out Mr. Wiley's page. And also, if you live in that area of Denham Springs, go ahead and consider supporting Mr. Wiley right here, a great man of God. And uh, we can't wait to see him in the Capitol, hopefully. So with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, be blessed, be encouraged. Remember, Jesus Christ is king. He's coming back. He's coming back soon, so don't be fed of heart because Jesus has overcome the world. If you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, reach out to me at thecageconservative5 at gmail.com. We'll tell you how to make Jesus your Savior and heaven your home. Until next time, be blessed, be encouraged. You have a good one. And he-